You're listening to the Townsville Chamber cast. Essential information, ideas and news that matters to the business community of Townsville. In this episode, Townsville Chamber's CEO Ross McLennan sits down with Optus's General Manager for North and Central Queensland, Dave Morrissey, as well as Optus Business Centre Townsville's owner, Kevin Booth, to bring you key information on topics ranging from 5G connectivity all the way to cyber surgeries. Welcome, Ross, Dave, and Kevin. Thanks, Claire and um, Dave and, and Kevin. Great to have you in the uh, in the studio here and um, talk all things Optus. Uh, obviously, Optus are a great supporter of the Chamber and um, they're coming on as a corporate partner last year. I thought it'd be fantastic to get you in the studio and, and just have a little bit of a, a talk to you. Not so much about uh, the the what the offers are, and I'm sure we'll, we'll cover that, but I was really interested in some of the other things that you were doing and, and, and some of the other initiatives you've got going and some of the things you do in the community. And, and technology, it's just moving and changing so quickly. I'm, I'm not that great with it so I thought you know get a couple of guys in that that actually knew what they were talking about and that's always a always a good start yeah look it's um it's an ever-growing beast at the moment no matter where you look now tech is one of the if not the fastest growing industry uh, around the world and realistically if you're not on top of it now you, you're going to start to really challenge be challenged in business um, if you're not at that forefront so we're finding that um, making sure that we're working with businesses and utilizing things like the chamber to to push that agenda to make sure people are keeping up with uh, with the way it's going uh, is, is something that um, is going to help the community at large yeah yeah and i mean dave you're the you're the north queensland uh, manager up here um and and you're sort of seeing all of this stuff evolving in front of you what what have we got you know the next one two five ten years what 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 can we expect in this in this space yeah thanks ross and great to be here mate uh yeah look it certainly is a very interesting uh industry to be a part of you know everything's changing you know if if we look at the landscape five years ago uh to to what it is today enormous change if we look what we're going to be in five years from now it's going to be different again um look the big the big uh uh, technology innovations at the moment. Uh, the, the, there's a few of them in the industry. Um, the first one, obviously, is is the introduction of, of 5G. Um, you know, I think it's an enormous uh, uh, shift in technology and uh, brings about uh, a, a new level of uh, uh, performance out of mobile networks. Um, we've got Internet of Things. You know, Internet of Things is is one of those buzz phrases that uh, has been thrown around for for plenty of years now. But the um, uh, you know the innovation and, and and the activity that comes out of that is absolutely enormous um, and then probably the other one is working from home um, so many people working from home these days and the number one thing that people you know need when, when once they they work out that they're they're they're, they're working from home is uh, is, is how am I going to connect and, and and operate from there so yeah plenty to cover off in those spaces yeah and, and I mean there's some I know when we were having a bit of a, a talk before going on air, there's some some pretty cool other stuff too, like you know remote surgeries, these new vehicles, uh, power management, that sort of stuff as well. I, I I wanted to touch on that. I'm a bit of a geek in that in that space, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, th- I think you know these these are the the technology driving uh, the the uh, you know the business outcomes on, on this. So um, you know the introduction of five G, five G. You know well, we saw the, the move from two G to three G uh, was the introduction of the text message, three G to four G, uh, picture and, and and video. You know 
4G to 5G, now we're starting to see um, not so much uh, all about increased speed, although that is one of the factors of it, but it's it's reduced latency. It's about um, uh, from the time you press the button into it reacting at the other end, how quickly that occurs. So the the the, the applications for that are enormous. So uh, remote surgery, um, you know, we've already seen tests around the world where people are, um, you know, where the surgeon is, is in one place uh, one part of the country uh, and and hundreds of kilometers away is the patient being being acted on over 5g um uh you know autonomous vehicles what a, you know huge if, if we had a that was science fiction you know five ten years ago um and and now um vehicles are driving around and the passenger's not touching the wheel so the interaction between that vehicle and its surroundings needs to be uh, needs to be managed by something, and and, and the, the the technology, whether it's five G, um, whether it's it's just interacting with the uh, with the, with the traffic lights, with sensors, with people. That that's the stuff that's really um, you know changing ch- changing the landscape. And I think it's got so much more to come. You know the the use the 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 mass adoption use case for five G doesn't even exist yet. All right, but we're already rolling out these networks around uh, uh, around Australia and around the world. So it's fantastic to uh, um, yeah to see these types of things. Um, and then probably the other one um, you know really is is in that uh, you know that Internet of Things in the in the agribusiness space. You know that's that's already a huge part of what we do here in in North Queensland. But we see um, farms now adopting this technology, and 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 farms really are innovating more. Um, than we've ever seen before in this space. You know, um, the, the, the farmer of today understands uh, he's got sensors in, in in his paddocks telling him the water dense, uh, the you know the humidity, the water the the water levels, the the heat, the 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 soil pH, and that's feeding him back, and that's telling him what type of fertilizers to use, when to do it, and you know I, I don't even you know, I want to think about what what uh, capability that comes out of because there's so much more to come from that. Yeah, I know. I um I used to do some uh, take some university groups up to the beef research station up there at Spyglass you know and and I know we were out in a paddock in the middle of the bush and and you know this cow walks in and drinks some water and then it walks back out through this little gate and uh when we were back in the in the in the homestead later that that afternoon they were like oh you know that cow that walked in and out it drank three liters of water uh it was there for four minutes and then it activated the gate on the way out and so did eight of its mates and the cows are averaging around about 40 liters a day um this is the time of the day and i was like you got all of that from a, a sensor in an ear and then it was all and and this is where the beef industry was going with in the middle of nowhere i might add like you know we it wasn't it wasn't in the middle of town it was it was pretty exciting stuff it's fantastic you know the uh, the the cattle these days have got more sensors on on them than the cowboys players running around the uh, the footy stadium <laughs> well, so, yeah. yeah well we haven't started that yet so let's hope they uh let's hope they um they go all right that's for sure but look you mentioned work from home uh and i know kevin you'll probably have a bit to say about this as well i mean it's been a a horrendous start for for business this first probably three or four weeks. I know discussing when we were walking in here, it feels like we've already been back uh, half the year and we're all ready to go away again. But um, yeah, how is this panning out? Is our system holding up? Is it is it going okay? I think generally it is holding up. I think T- Townsville has been very lucky that we had the early adoption of MBN rollout. 
uh, in comparison to the rest of the country. So, you know, a, a very high percentage of towns will have fibre to the, the home put in place, and that's been in place now for well over five years. And that has led to an easy transition if people weren't already working in that hybrid environment already to make that shift if their business needed to. Uh, and that then allows us to be a little bit more resilient than some of the other regions around the country in dealing with everything that we've had to deal with because we've already had that infrastructure in place and we've already had the, uh, the, the ability to just pick up and do what we need to do as opposed to having to recreate how business was going to have to work. Um, so we've been very fortunate in that fact. Bit of, bit, of a, bit of a case of, um, you know, we didn't have to whinge about something because it was already in place and, and, and we were able to just take advantage of it, essentially. A absolutely. And, you know, when we look at North Queensland, I, I talk to people down south all the time and, you know, not to, to put too much on NBM, on NBM, but they, they talk about challenges that they've had getting NBM connected to their house. But I know in my personal experience, I have fibre to the prem at my house, at my business. I've never had an issue with it. And you'd probably find that a very high percentage of people in Townsville and the surrounding areas have will have similar stories because we were a test case in how it gets rolled out, and that has just allowed us to just keep keep rolling over, keep moving. Same within within the CBD area, we have a high percentage of fibre direct direct fibre connections in the city as well, which just allows us to already be set up for that hybrid environment, especially seeing as that Townsville is a bit of a hub from Brisbane being second capital of, uh, of Queensland, so. Yeah, I mean, we're, well, you know, someone pointed out, articulated very well to me, we're the largest city, if you draw a diagonal line from Perth to uh, to the sunny coast, we're the largest city in northern, or, or that half of Australia, if you like. So uh, it's critical for us to have this sort of, of infrastructure. And I mean, you know, a, a lot of businesses now working from the cloud and, uh, and uh, that side of things, like, you know, we're dealing with disasters up here as well uh, every now and then. Uh, but but what's the, like, is the internet handled this movement to the cloud? And, and you know, we're not taking floppy disks home anymore. Like uh, that was a, uh, it didn't seem like that long ago, but. I think that, well, definitely the internet is handling it. it it's okay. now about business adoption of the technology, trusting the technology, understanding how the technology works and understanding how they can best utilize that technology to get the best out of their workforce yep. uh, and there have been some very good adopters of this technology there's a lot of people that are still yet to adopt the technology and make that shift and as we face more challenges with whether it be COVID, whether it be cyclones whether it be floods whatever it is the natural progression of business means that going to the cloud is just better protection for your business or for their their business to ensure that they have the ability to pick up and work from wherever they are whenever they need to due to any sort of operational standpoint and that could be anything from as we said a burst water main on Charters Towers Road last year knocked out a whole bunch of businesses. You, know, you wouldn't consider that a standard disaster, mm. but it does put you out. So you need to be prepared for those inevitabilities of business disruption, just the power going out for, for whatever reason. You know, if power goes out for two days, would you be able to shut your business down uh, for two days and have no income? Or would you like the ability to just grab a laptop, have your mobile phone, and just be able to work from wherever 
and have minimal disruption because you can just connect to the internet and you have access to all of your information at any point in time. Yeah, it's just, it really is so critical because you don't, you know, you the old chestnut of, oh, you know, if we got a fire, I need, I need a, a disk here and a hard drive there and a hard drive there. I mean, all those days are gone, but... But like you're saying, like n- not all businesses are set up with this new idea or this new technology in mind when they're setting up their, their workplaces. Not yet. <laughs> and that's what we're here for, is to, yep. is to help guide them through that, that transition. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of businesses out there that are still working, uh, again, probably as a bit of a hybrid where they do have stuff within their business on-premises and then some of their business in the cloud. And they're still yet to make that full jump of being completely in the cloud, which puts them at somewhat of a risk depending on what that information is that they're leaving on-prem versus in the cloud. Mm, I, I know you um, sort of threw out a question uh, early on when we were talking about this podcast and it was quite simply, you know, yeah, how quick could you get started again if you lost your business for whatever region? As you say, like it, it might be a burst water main, it, it could be a major uh, weather event or, or it, it, you know, it, it could be an out of power outage in that suburb or whatever it is. Um, and that was a, a really good question to ask yourself in business. Absolutely. It's, uh, and if you're not looking at that risk mitigation as part of your, your business structure and your business strategy, uh, certainly it is something you should look at implementing, especially up in North Queensland, because stuff happens all the time, uh, whether it be a natural disaster or, or a man-made event where, where you have to have the ability to be nimble and be able to pick up and shift straight yep. away. Uh, and that's, yeah, the last two years have clearly been very inevitable in understanding that and making sure that um, you, your business has that infrastructure in place ready to go. I yeah. Think, I think that's a good point, Kevin. I think that uh, a lot of North Queenslanders um, or a lot of businesses out there are, are sitting there going, oh, yeah, risk mitigation, yeah, but that won't happen to me. But if you take a step back and look at North Queensland, we've had two major events in the last two years, or since 2019, this time 2019, uh, where a substantial number of businesses have had to pick up within 24 hours and relocate premises, whether that be a result of the 2019 floods, uh, the the original pandemic lockdowns, and and th- those two two events were significant. And um, you know, it, it's not you, you know you've talked um, a, a, about the the laptops, your servers, but it's also your, just your basic business's telephone number. Mm. You know, being able to pick that up and, and and relocate that, and that's what cloud services provide is is that ability to be able to take your mo or your your, your business number. Um, you know the 0747 number that everybody in Townsville knows and and, and and is used to ringing and picking that and 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 in a very short period of time diverting that through to your mobile phone and just so that you can start up in a new premise get to the new premises and then divert it to another phone system or whatever you can put in place over time those types of features save businesses you know what I mean and that's that's a, uh, um, a, uh, a, a a huge benefit for businesses here. Yeah, well, it doesn't it doesn't allow your com- customer to dial a, a different four seven number, for example. No, ex- ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're when you uh, go into a business, Kevin, and you're sort of thinking about this sort of stuff. What what do you guys offer that might be a little bit different in the marketplace? Do you do you sort of do a health check, or do you sort of listen to the client and sort of get a bit of an idea of where they're at? I guess in this in this scenario. Yeah, absolutely. M- much like the business itself, I'm a small business as well. Yep. Uh, and that gives me a, a bit of a unique position to already have an understanding of the challenges. Uh, and understanding of how business operates in in North Queensland. 
uh, and it allows me to ask questions that, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, the people down south or people in call centres don't think about asking to give us a bit of a unique perspective on how their business operates and what they would need from a service perspective should any of these events happen mm. and what is the best outcome for them and for their business if, uh, you, you know, and it could, it doesn't have to be natural disasters. It's, hey, you pick up an extra 10 jobs this month. How can you handle that and what type of scalability or flexibility do you need for your workforce from a communications connectivity perspective and ensuring that they have actually, that they have thought through what the next one, three, five years looks like for their business as well to make sure that whatever system or service they're looking for is able to scale and move with their business as it's growing, changing, evolving through their their own process. Yeah, I really love that idea. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you plan for the worst. Let's talk about the disaster and get that out of the way first. But, you know, all businesses are trying to grow. They're trying to thrive. They're trying to prosper. But if they're getting held back because um, the new staff member can't, come on and, and, and do those critical things to, to get the widget out the door or to to put the client's uh, mind at ease, um, yeah, that's, you know, potential loss of sales, so to speak. Yeah, well, not, only, not necessarily loss of sale, but that is one outcome. But even just uh, the, the, the cost of doing business, you're not going to be as profitable if you're spending time and money just trying to get uh, your business operating uh, to its maximum efficiency uh, when you're trying to handle stuff that should already be handled or trying to put in place stuff that you know you haven't thought about three months ago, six months ago as you're trying as you know that you're going to scale and grow, mm. that you should be planning for yourself to be able to call someone like us and say, hey, I've got two new guys starting. I need some phones for them tomorrow. Can you make that happen? Yeah, yep. sure. Done. Yeah, no, that's right. And I know, I know. When we talked to Natasha but, uh, Butler about the um, the six different things you go through to, before you make a purchase, the biggest one is you identify the problem first, and then you and then you do your research. So it's great to know that we've got you know someone here that that can help out in that actual phase of asking those questions and 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 maybe asking the business owner questions that they hadn't even asked themselves. You, you, you're pointing out some, some, you're solving some issues for them before they even know that they've come about. Yeah, and it's not purely about your business as well. When you think about now how competitive the employment market is, when you're trying to hire and retain staff, what are some of the simple things that you can be giving your staff as an employer to keep them engaged with you? Whether that's a thing as providing them with a company phone that you know allows them to do whatever they want from a data perspective, phone perspective, providing their internet at home uh, instead of them having to use their own, uh, how uh, giving them the tools, whether it be a tablet, whether it be a laptop that's always connected, um, those little things go a long way with employees as well. Mm -hmm. And having a plan to make sure that you can utilize those tools that are low cost but high reward to a to a prospective employee just really gives your business a bit more of another edge as well as i said especially when you're trying to hire and retain people yeah. <laughs> in the marketplace that that we have that right currently now. in that we didn't didn't think we'd be in uh two and a half years ago but i i guess that's a a, a pretty cool little uh, interlude like i mean we're all we're all talking about uh you know, staff and um, and JCU obviously, and, and and other universities sort of training new staff and and putting them through. I know, Dave, that's a bit of a, a passion for you guys. What what's it what's it called, mate? The 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 
the hackathon. The, yeah, the the JCU IT hackathon. We um, we first got involved with that a few years ago. Oh, probably oh, four years ago now. Working with um, the the engineering and the IT. Uh, courses at James Cook University. Um, what they do as part of their assessment process is they actually do a, um, uh, an innovation session where they um, design and uh, create innovative solutions. And it, it's a fantastic thing to be a part of. We, and w what they do is, I think we've done it a couple of years ago at the, the, the big hangar down at the airport. We've done it in uh, uh, at the, uh, the, the the port building, the, the, the ferry, the cruise ship terminal. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. And fill that up with all students. And then you get you get people from businesses across uh, across Queensland come in to be a part of this. And, uh, um, and the the, uh, the students are given a, a very North Queensland problem and then they use technology and their design uh, process that they've learned through their course to to, to come up with solutions and um, yeah we've been a part of this for for, for um, several years now and um, we actually so we, we're a, a sponsor of that and and the at the end of it the the teams have to, to pitch their innovative idea to a panel of uh, industry peers and then um, the uh, we give out prizes accordingly and the, and the winners of the Optus Innovation Award we actually fly that whole team down to Sydney and we uh, um, we put them through the uh, um, uh, the, the Optus Innovation Centre and actually give them the opportunity to work through some of the stuff that we've got uh, uh, on our Optus campus in uh, uh, Macquarie Park. So fantastic thing to, to have been a part of um, and we always look forward to that. So yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's a great initiative that they do. There. So, so should we be scared of these students coming through? Like, a, you know, a bit of a, bit of a middle-aged sort of group here we're chatting Absolutely. to. Have, 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 have we got any chance at all in another five years' time or should we just hang up the hat now? Mate, I've been so impressed by the 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 thinking outside the square that these kids come up with it is phenomenal and um, the solutions are real world solutions you know I've I've seen um, some of the industry peers within there actually take it and take them further um, you know I, I think I've seen the, the the team at the council pick up one of the ideas that came out so there there is certainly innovation that comes from um, the, this uh, uh, or the solutions that these uh, these teams are coming up with. That is that is um, well thought out and practically applicable. So it's fantastic. It's, a, it's fantastic work from James Cook Uni and uh, and from all involved. I'll add to that as well is that you know this sort of sponsorship and this sort of event is also what allows Townsville to keep and rain, uh, remain, uh, retain sorry the students to keep in North Queensland. Mm. They get given a North Queensland problem. They get exposure to a national national company and national people as well to work their IDs on as opposed to some of the challenges that we've seen uh, come through the chamber and through business as well where a lot of our youth are taking off down south thinking that they don't have the opportunities here but programs like this show them that they can have uh, a career based in tech or, or based in, in that sort of field in North Queensland, they don't have to go to a capital city to to get access and exposure to to the big and better, well, the perceived bigger and better solutions that are out there. That also ties in with having NBN, having the internet connectivity up here, because it also teaches them that you can work from anywhere. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, if we if surgeons are operating on people. Uh, 
via the internet, then then surely they can be living and working in paradise, uh, find a cheaper house, get paid the same amount of money, get good ki- schools for their, well, they probably don't want kids yet, but uh, that'll happen. Uh, happens to all of us. Uh, it's inevitable. But um, yeah, so I mean, th- this is, a, I guess, you know, we talk about all of these things, but, but cybersecurity is a big, a big issue. Um, it's a big issue for business. Um, I know whenever I sort of get the courage to go to a cybersecurity workshop. It's sort of like, you know, my head's in the sand. Oh, God, I'm going to have to pull it out. And it is scary. And I know you guys are doing a little bit in that space as well, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. We um, we, we actually rolled out a program um, a few years ago, and, and it's, it's it's going gangbusters. It's, we're running it nationally uh, with a big focus on regional Australia. It's called the, the Digital Thumbprint Program. Um, and the Digital Thumbprint Program is basically... Uh, we, we, we partner with EY, the, the consulting firm, um, and we, get, uh, we, we go into schools across Australia um, and we deliver cyber security and cyber safety training for, um, for uh, we start at uh, the higher end of uh, primary school and, and all the high, high school ages. And what we've developed is a, um, a training program that is adaptable. So what the content that we te- teach to the grade sixes and sevens is different to what we're teaching to the nines and tens and the elevens and twelves. Um, the, the, the content evolves. So, uh, you know, a couple of years when we first started, we were talking Facebook and Instagram. I, I found out recently kids don't use that, you know, so, so now we're talking TikTok, we're talking, uh, uh, you know, w- w- whatever it is they're using. We don't next. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, look, th- these things are, are, are fantastic. The Digital Thumbprint Program has been um, uh, run, I think we've put 300,000 kids through it now. Wow. Um, the most recent ones we ran. Um, uh, St Margaret Mary's, I think uh, we, we, we ran it out at William Ross High School um, and, and the kids there really, really take it on. We, we cover a couple of things. We cover cyber safety. So um, it, it's about helping these kids be aware of what their activity on social media in particular is, is, is doing, um, who can see it, uh, where it goes, uh, you know, pointing out to them that it's there forever, essentially. Um, and then we also teach them the you know the security side of things, how to protect their passwords, how to protect their, their accounts, understanding the implications of what can happen if your um, you know your, your your network security password that you use for your easily hackable um, so, social media account uh, gets hacked, but it's also the same account for your bank. You know what I mean? And and sometimes somebody has to point this out because you know we, we also run parent sessions and. I'm, I'm not going to lie. We we have to dumb it down three shades to to uh, to, to to give th- that information to the parents. So, um, y- you know, I think it's fantastic that we are running this program. All the schools that we do it um, re- come back to us. You know, we 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 go back. You know, we've done William Ross a couple of. Uh, we did it last session. We've done it again this session. Um, and it, it's a really good way for us to, uh, you know, kind of. Um, Give back to the community in a way mm. that's meaningful and 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 is uh, you know b- uh, relevant to what what Optus is as a brand. Yeah. If, if we tie that back into how Optus run their business as well, is that we've seen a number of times where people have attempted to gain access to our customers' accounts, and thank goodness for our checks and balances with how we operate. Um, uh, identification process where we have stopped people from adding additional services and then having an iPhone 13 shipped to some random house and, and it's completely gone uh, because that's another side of, of cyber security when you're not careful with 
your personal data, fraud is something that happens. Mm. Um, and you know, as as a nationally based company, we we've made sure that we're on top of that, that our ID processes are tight and secure, so that it doesn't happen. Um, and teaching kids at a young age in these types of programs is, is really important because I'm not saying that all kids are naive, but some kids don't see beyond the initial draw card and the consequences that can happen three, four, five steps down the line. Mm. So trying to teach them about that is is really, really important. And it's it's great that Optus have been rolling that out through the schools across yeah. the country. Being active in the community and, and, and doing that. Yeah. And I mean, look, I guess, um, you know, networks as well. I mean, we, we talked about the 5G stuff at the start and I know um, this this has been an ongoing um, a case in point for you guys, particularly up here in Northern Australia, or regional Australia as well, with the with the network. There's there's been a couple of big changes there in the last uh, in the last five years. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think um, you know customers uh, or consumers and businesses um, Australia wide are starting to, to to get wise to to the technology that's out there. That they're getting wise to um, that there are other providers out there. Competition and, and choice are. Uh, are the number one things that that customers are asking for in our industry, um, and the, the probably you know I'll, I'll be I'll be open and honest. I think one of the challenges we faced as a business up here is addressing the perception of what the Optus Mobile Network, in particular, how it performs, um, uh, definitely in regional Australia. And I'll give you an example since. 2015, we've actually rolled out uh, 58 new mobile sites just in North Queensland alone, um, and and where that benefits Townsville, 23 of those sites have been with inside the Townsville LGA. Um, we've expanded that. I, I think the other one is, you know, that's great in town, but what about when you go out of town? But also, um, you know, if you look at the Flinders Highway between kind of uh, Charters Towers and Mount Isa. We put eight new sites along there as well. Um, and the idea is about providing connectivity, not just um, in in major metropolitan areas or in regional centres, but on the roads that people travel on, um, you know, where people work, where people, um, you know, go, go for recreation. It's, you know, I, 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 we've got new sites coming soon as well. I can't, I can't tell you exactly where they are yet. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that, but... Um, uh, more sites still to come. We're continuing to invest, um, and uh, you know that's only good for North Queensland. It's um, because m- more more consumers and more businesses than ever before are kind of getting that confidence that there is a uh, other options out there, and it's worth um, exploring. You know other avenues, and and uh, our customers give us really good feedback on the network. That you know the. The, the, the people that give us the the highest score when you you know we measure everything we, we rate um, the performance and, and what our, what our consumers think about our mobile network and the people that rate us highest are the Optus customers the people actually using the network so y- using the network yeah and I know um, just before we started the the desk was vibrating and and uh, so both of you were getting phone calls before we started so I can uh, I can concur that the phones are working uh, very adequately here before uh, in the in the studio here in town but Guys, look, I, I mean, it was great to sit down. I know when we first uh, talked about this podcast, we were sort of, oh, what are we? And then, you know, when you started rattling off all these different things you're, you're doing and, and, and what we can expect in the next short while, it, 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 you know, you guys must get up in the morning and be, be reasonably excited about starting the day because it's, uh, it, 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 it's, it's an ever-changing and ever-evolving beast and, and one that you've got to be very active on to keep up with. It, it's only going to get better from here, you know, if we look at the investment that Optus make in their infrastructure, in their towers, 
if we flip that to the fixed connection to to premises as well that only gets bigger and better as the tower gets rolled out because the whole infrastructure as a whole gets invested on to make sure that the capacity is there mm. so when we're looking at what the next five ten years looks like as we alluded to earlier is that 90% of the stuff that's going to go over this network, whether it be 5G, current mobile, or direct fiber, hasn't even been thought about or invented yet. <laughs> but it's already being planned for. Yep. Uh, you wouldn't have thought that, that 15 years ago, as 3G was being rolled out, as the planning for the way the internet was going was that, you know, the way that YouTube and Netflix is now consumed as... The, the highest video um, mm. streaming service, you, you wouldn't have dreamed of that back then. So you can only imagine now what sort of technology these kids that we're, we're trying to teach about are thinking about that they're going to invent in the next five years that's going to go over this network. Yeah, well, my kids don't watch TV. They watch, they, they watch apps. They watch YouTube. And I love it because I just load all these Tesla car things on it and, and make them watch it. So now I've got to buy Tesla, but that's fine. Um, but, but yeah, that's, um, yeah you, you're dead right. So even subliminally, our kids are absorbing technology completely different to, you know, I still listen to the radio, but I do it via my phone, which is a bit scary. <laughs> Look, and... As we've seen, you know, looking at what's happening in towns on the surrounding regions, as we've got all of these uh, vespers, as, as the, the, throw, <laughs> the term's been thrown around, the the infrastructure and, and the way that the networks work and the, and the availability is something now that people just expect to have. Yep. And if you can't deliver on that base, well, what they're thinking is basic expectations, then we're in trouble. But with the amount of money that's being invested in that type of infrastructure, we know that Townsville it is is in a very good place to accept more and more people because we've already got a good portion of the infrastructure here ready to go and available for people just to make the decision to jump between any sort of current business model that they've got and moving into that flexibility internet-based yeah, and the great right lifestyle and the, the the nine months of perfect weather we get every year and then and, and all the natural surrounds and everything that we always that we uh, take, take for granted. We take we one hundred percent take for granted and we don't and and we one hundred percent never say enough uh, uh, that it's that it is a great place. And um, I know even with this podcast we sort of see who's listening and where they're listening from and, and there is no doubt those Vespers, those uh, those virus escapees sinking provincial Australia are, are, are well tuned in because they're looking at, at, at other opportunities. So, um, yeah, look, once again, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks thanks for your time, Dave. Thanks for thanks, thanks for coming in and I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that um, that hackathon. I'll try and give you something to uh, to work on again. I think it's later in the year in about uh, September, October, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, later in the year. Yep. Yeah, great. All right. And um, Kevin, um, thanks uh, thanks for coming on, mate, and thanks for your um, your support of Chamber and obviously a, a board member, so we should disclose that. So um, I am I'm getting my brownie points up uh, interviewing you today. So. Yeah, look, I, uh, I can't remember how many years I've, I've been on the board for but come through the ranks and did Young Chamber as well. And, um, you know, as we know, you know, being in this room, that the Chamber's role in the Townsville community and the Townsville business community is is hugely important. And uh, I find it very valuable to be always be involved, be a, a supporter of the Chamber because what what we do and the outcomes that we strive for uh, are certainly worth investing in. Yeah, no, we appreciate your support. And I mean, 
you know, someone's someone's thought we've been important for 140 years. Um, so at some point and some time, someone obviously thought it was relevant. So uh, it's a great year to be involved in the chamber with a with a 140 year milestone coming in, well this year. So it's great. No, looking forward to uh, to, to the party. <laughs> Good on you, mate. And thanks, Dave. Cheers. Thanks, Ross. Bye. We appreciate you tuning in to the Townsville Chambercast. Subscribe and follow to receive Chambercast updates for your morning commute every second Friday. Thanks for listening and remember to think, support, celebrate and go local.